What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. everyone. This week's guest is Amy Ann Fall. Amy Ann is a tantric healer, channel, and body worker trained in the tantric arts, body talk, reiki, and womb priestessing. We spoke with Amy Ann about the meaning of the rose, cosmic orgasmic states, and her path from a fundamental Christian upbringing to a spirituality more deeply rooted in the earth and the body. We love you. Enjoy this conversation. And take care. All right. Well, this will be fun. We're sitting down with Amy Ann. And uh, from what I gathered, Amy Ann, you're a high priestess of the Rose, the Divine Mother. What does that mean? Tell me. Give me, all, give me open me up to <laughs> all of your wisdom. Fucking give oh, it to wow. me. Give it to you, hey? Okay, let's go, let's go. So I'm gonna, if you guys wanna play along with me, I'm gonna yeah. have you drop your eyes down and start to just breathe into your heart center. And you can tap over your heart three times and just connect with your heart center and ask your heart to reveal her splendor to you and your truth. Just breathing and feeling. And you can ask your heart to show you in a physical way her splendor. 
so that you can feel it, so that it's tangible. I just this took a, I just hmm? took a nicotine pouch, like a really strong one, right uh-huh. before we started this, and and I forgot, uh-huh. and I and I thought. I thought all of a sudden my heart was like, <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I was getting a, I thought I was getting heart high. I mean, I'm feeling heart high. The nicotine medicine is just kicking you up a notch. That's it. That's right? it. Yeah. Yeah. So just feeling for those listening, just if you're following along with us, and I hope you're participating, just feeling the response in your body, being the witness to what is arising, being the witness to the sensations. I'm having like an effervescent bubbling around my heart. I'm having tingles up into my throat, tingles down my shoulders, down my neck, down my spine, into my tailbone and my sacrum. And I'm having an opening feeling even as I'm still aware of some tension in my chest area, even as I'm still aware of the blocks that I still hold on to in the illusion of protection for myself. But this quality that we're tapping into as much of it as you can taste and allow yourself to taste in this moment is the frequency of the the divine mother is the frequency of the divine feminine aspects of God, of source. It is pure, unconditional love, pure, unconditional acceptance, pure, unconditional flow and presence in this now moment to what is here now. And that's what I, I am a vessel of that frequency and of that power. And I help other people tap into that power for themselves because it's the truth of who we all are. Mm. And these aspects of us that have been for many of us long forgotten in our ancestry or buried underground or repressed. How did you get into this work? Uh, for, actually, you know, before you answer that, yes. why aren't we starting every conversation like this? I don't know. It I feels mean, nice. How are you feeling? I would it, love to check in with you guys. How are you feeling? It feels so nice. I feel, I feel, um, I feel a greater sense of calm than I did. Uh, I feel a little less, um, a little less in my head yeah. about all of the shit that I have to do, mm-hmm. which is uh, something that I'm like constantly battling. I think. It's like, uh, you know, it, like I don't, I, I've never been diagnosed with ADHD, but I'm pretty damn sure I have ADHD. And this is like, I feel like I just. Yeah. Like, or maybe you just need to put your phone down. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 That's probably it. a combo. It's probably a combo <laughs> of the two. But, the, but, but, but really like just taking that moment to kind of like tap into your internal, like that visceral internal feeling of your heart mm-hmm. and your breath. And like feeling your feet planted on the ground or feeling your sit bones planted on a seat. It definitely, uh, it's funny how easy and how quick we are to forget how uh, effective and powerful that can be to just take a second, breathe, tune in, and like how that can have an effect on, you know, the conversation going forward or whatever it is that you have in front of you. 
So I feel good. How do you feel? I also feel good. I, 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 previous to this conversation, the last couple of days, I've been noticing rose bushes around my neighborhood. Um, because the place that I grew up in rural Prince Edward Island had this row of rose bushes. Um, and so the scent is very familiar to me as Mm -hmm. something from my childhood. So I've been noticing them a lot lately and thinking about how they're not like, they don't look like the roses that you buy at like the florist. They're not these like perfect roses or these like messy, soft, floppy things where the petals are always, are just like falling off. And, uh, and I think as soon as I put my hand on my heart, it was like my heart was just had that image of that rose and Mm. just like saw and my whole body. I just feel like my whole body was like, I am one of those flower heads. My body is soft and I'm open and yeah, a little, definitely less um, stressed and definitely in my less in my, in my head. And, you know, we come from a different types of embodiment practices. We do yoga and we come from act and we're actors and we've done a lot of like, stuff but it's right it, it's it's we should almost have a practice of starting every moment when someone new walks into your space or you enter a new space it's like such a nice thing to be like oh i'm here mm. with the with these people and i'm open to what this experience is going to yeah. be it so kind of like clears clears the fields and clears the expect it, it kind of also makes you aware of any expectations you were holding or gripping or control and it's like whoa all that can go and it's like what what's actually here between us what is this new co-creation in this moment yeah it's really beautiful it's interesting that you know we went right to the heart because usually when when I think about sort of grounding I think about like the like I would think about like the root chakra you know I'd be like Mm. what let's how like that would be where I would start so I'm really intrigued to know why, why the heart first. Yeah, it's what I was guided to today in this moment, being present. I don't always start with the heart. Sometimes I'll start with the sex, especially if I'm working with men, I'll work with the sexual energy, the sacral, the roots, um, potentially first before opening up the heart and connecting the sexual energy with the heart. But for whatever reason, the heart was just super present today. It wanted to come forth in its abundance. And mm-hmm. what you were saying about the rose bushes that you've been noticing is so beautiful to me. Um, my grandfather used to grow a lot of rose bushes and different types of roses and paint roses, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know all those years ago, I didn't know in my conscious mind what that meant you know and and roses tend to have this it's almost like cheesy or overdone kind of feeling in some ways of romance and the, the stereotypes but there's a reason why they're the flower of romance and the heart and love and um according to the teachings that have come to me through the rose itself and the consciousness field of rose and also the priestess lineages i'm a part of and the tantric lineages i'm a part of rose itself is the frequency of unconditional love and of the divine mother and even the geometry of how the rose unfurls itself is the geometry of love and of the divine feminine and it unfurls in a pattern of five 
um, which is the same pattern that the Venus planet travels through the sky over an eight year cycle. And it creates this five petaled star um, and all flowers in the rose family also have, have five petals such as the apple tree and apple blossoms are in petals of five. And five, again, in, in feminine traditions like Wicca or things like that, or in, in esoteric occult traditions, like the five pointed star is really significant. And there's reasons for all of this. It's also connected to, you know, the four elements and the fifth, which is the great mystery or ether and all the components that make up a human person, things like that. Yeah. Wow. I feel like we're talking to like a PhD in, um, I don't like you just you just spoke like a completely different language um, to, to us. And so I'm going to repeat what Jeremy's opening question was, which is how did you find yourself in mm. to be a holder of all of this knowledge and this practice? I hope that wasn't too much. <laughs> was it like, could you follow along? Let me know if it's ever. Oh, like, yeah. That doesn't make sense. Well, I okay. mean, I could follow along and I totally it like anytime our conversations on this podcast start being um, referencing or being like reflective of nature and like the processes that we see in the world around yeah. us in the natural world. I'm like, I'm there. I'm turned on. I'm mm -hmm. ready to like, I am so ready to be more deeply connected to the natural world. And, and I haven't, I don't want to, I haven't, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, qualified anything that I'm that I mean by that, but you know, just I just think there's um a, a lot of a lot of uh, medicine um in in our relationship to the nat the and this is what I want to qualify the natural world because I also know that we the buildings and the concrete and everything have all come from the earth. They're not extraterrestrial, terrestrial. Yeah. They're, we're in a natural environment, but even plastic what I, has actually come, you know, from fossil right. fuels, but it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm ready to go there, even though I don't know much about the planets or any of that, like, you know, any of the, um, like the, the references that you might make to particular, like, to, to Tantra, like we're not really involved in that world. We don't know much about it. And, you know, even when I was going through your, like your Instagram and your website and, and references to like archetypes is something that I feel like we can definitely connect to and like access what your, yeah. you know, what your world is through. And, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm hungry for you to do more talking about it. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. And I'll share how I got here. Or <laughs> We have these little tangents happening. I'm first going to spray some rose water, which is one of my favorite things to use in everyday life, ceremony and ritual. And it, it helps to heal trauma, heart trauma, helps bring us back to our hearts. And just like all this rose talk, I'm like really feeling it. So sending you guys the codes and the frequencies of, of rose through that water. Um, okay, so how did I get on this path? Well, I was raised by a very fundamentalist Christian mother and the energetic of not trusting the feminine and that in order to be safe in the world and that in, in order to trust an authority figure, 
it had to be a masculine authority figure and you always had to give up your power to the father or the husband or the male pastor and you couldn't trust your own heart you couldn't trust your own inner wisdom the heart leads you astray and like sex and money are the root of all evil and the body can't be trusted and we are born into original sin and um something from a very young age always felt very off with that worldview that i was raised in and i remember having i mean i would retreat into realms of imagination and play really extensively um, with my sister and create these realms of glory and splendor and these heart realms of heaven on earth and eden on earth and i when i first found fantasy and you know magic and fantasy i became like obsessed with it and something resonated so deeply with me and my mom was very cautious and tried to tried to prevent us from being exposed to even care bears or any mm. kind of um, movie that had magic or witches in it she felt that was anything occult anything esoteric is of the devil and of satan and it's evil and of course these things always found their way to me despite how much she tried to hold a tight rein on us and every time i encountered it it's like it woke something up in my soul and in my dna and you know finally she just kind of relented and was like well that's the realm of the imagination that's not real nothing in this world of that that magic or whatever that's not real the only thing that's real is god satan jesus who saves you from your sins basically and realms of demons and angels and uh <laughs> Um, so, that's real. But, sorry, yeah, that's real. <laughs> um, so, and then different things would happen. Like I remember being nine years old and watching Pocahontas and there's Disney's Pocahontas. Grandmother Willow is this, you know, ancient wise woman figure and she's singing to Pocahontas, listen with your heart, you will understand. And I remember being overcome with waves of tingles what you know in the christian church we call them god bumps goosebumps all over and i was like how am i experiencing god bumps when this is like not of the bible and it's a tree spirit singing and it's a woman singing mm. and uh something in me ached and longed for this wise woman figure and i remember my mom showering and me it was a vhs tape and rewinding and playing and rewinding and playing and just like crying and feeling and not knowing but knowing somewhere inside me that this is what i was longing for and uh and then a couple of years later i found the chronicles of narnia and uh my mom at first was like oh my god what is this book the lion the witch in the wardrobe and she then looked up C.S. Lewis and was like, oh, I studied him in Bible college. Okay, you're allowed to read that. And I was like, <laughs> something in me was so sad because it's like I found this world that was like my ultimate. Narnia seemed like the most true thing I'd ever found. And mm. then to find out that he was Christian and that it was still part of this Christian worldview was very devastating at first. But then I went on this long journey of trying to weave together what I was feeling in the natural world and in my realms of fantasy and the realms of archetypes and myth with the Christian world. And I attempted to do that for many years and even went to a university, a Christian university and studied English literature and philosophy um, and literary theory and eco-critical literary theory, trying to weave these worlds together. And finally, I just got to this point in my early twenties where I was studying theory on the Bible and like 
feminist theory on some of the books of the Bible. And I literally got to this point. I was just like, I remember almost pulling out my hair on the ground and like pounding the ground in my, my living room and just like screaming to God and just being like, I hate you. Like the God of the Bible is horrible. Like you're a horrible person. Like, I don't want to follow you. Mm. The judgment, the cruelty, the punishment of people who don't do exactly as you say, the like leading people to hell forever. If they don't, do this process of like accepting Jesus into the heart or whatever it is I was just like this is not true for me anymore and that was a an unwind it was a it was a beginning of a big uh, detaching from the Christian faith and from the church and at that same time I remember going out to sit under a tree and I had a full psychedelic experience I'd never had any drugs I was like 22 years old 21 years old and I had this a vision come on me of the tree spirit and it was like talking to me and I was like am I losing my mind like what is happening and I saw this like wizened tree spirit and then and I, I just had this intuition to light a candle by the tree and like honor the tree spirit and I was like I don't know man this I still was still like holding on to Christianity I'm like well C.S. Lewis writes about this stuff and like <laughs> maybe the, the, the animistic I was learning about the animistic universe too and can the animistic understanding that all things have a consciousness all things have a life force and a spirit can that go with the Christian worldview I was raised in and anyway and that night I had a dream that I was walking on barren earth it was a very sick polluted land um almost like a, a moonscape, but blackened and, and, and really sick. And there were no plants, no animals, nothing living. And there was smoke coming off of the, up off the ground. And I looked down and I was holding the hands of two children and we were walking together. And every step we took, flowers began sprouting at our feet and new green things started growing. And I remember my heart opening in this really big way. And I was like, this is what I'm here to do. And, uh, yeah, so I left, I left university. <laughs> I went and worked on an organic farm, got my hands in the soil and started this process of reconnecting to the earth and ancient ways and earth-based ways of living and um, ended up doing a master's degree in environmental studies in medicine wheel models of education and working for an outdoor education organization and holistic education. And I kind of went in that way. Um, and then through that found the more like esoteric, spiritual pieces, mentors started coming in, shamans started coming in. I started aligning with priestesses and, and women doing this work and um, connecting with my moon cycle was a huge part of that, reconnecting with my menstrual blood and no longer seeing menstrual blood as a, as a refuse or a waste or as something toxic or evil, but as like liquid gold in mm. a sense. Um, and that also was a huge transformative process because I my hormones had been messed up. I had had this eating disorder that fucked up a lot in my systems. And so coming back and, and connecting with my womb space and doing womb healing um, and reorienting myself to the cycles, the seasons of my feminine flows was a huge shift and allowed me to start connecting on a deeper level to all these things as well. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. I love, um, I like that you talk about your cycles and this is something that I, um, just have been tracking my cycles for the last year and a half or so. And I'm really trying to get a sense of, it's weird because I'm 38 and I think that there are some shifts happening and, you know, I'm sure there's shifts happening all the time, but, um, you know, so it's hard. I'm, I'm trying to tap into this season thing. Like I know, I know that I can't schedule certain things at particular times of the month or I will be miserable about them. I won't have the confidence to do them. I won't feel like I have the energy and I, I wonder, but I don't, you know, I don't have the skills to, to really work with that. How long of a process it was that for you to like, and is that Mm -hmm. the same thing as womb healing? It's connected to womb healing. Yeah, it's a big piece of womb healing. Um, There's other pieces of womb healing, obviously. There's energy work components. There's physical um, massage components. There's internal massage components, de-armoring. But um, starting, like you're you're in the process, Mm -hmm. just starting to track your cycles and noticing that there are times in the month that you need to go inwards and not be external yang, but actually to become yin and still and quiet with yourself and give yourself that space for rest and restoration mm. is massive. Like that's the hugest piece I would say. You know? I, yeah. I feel like it's something, you know, we started this podcast and I was like, I hope my little sisters and my young nieces and, you know, nephews of course too, that will listen to, to this and like learn some things because mm. that we didn't have when we were growing up. But this is that the cycles is like, yeah, it's, it almost seems, well, yeah. it seems it should be, it should be illegal that we get so far ahead in our lives without a, an actual like relationship to yeah. that. Thank you for seeing that and honoring that. Yeah. I first realized something was really amiss in my early twenties. Actually, that's not even true. The first time I got my period on Christmas morning when I was 12 and I was nervous and excited to show my mother that this had happened. And it's like, I knew somewhere inside me that it was meant to be celebrated and it was meant to be 
a ceremony and it was meant to like all the women were meant to come and like do something for me that was really important but instead my mother was just like oh no yeah oh no I'm so sorry you have to get it Mm. so early like I've been praying to God that I get menopause early like this is the worst thing about being a woman and it's like this it was like I had this like hope 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 and it just all got so deflated Mm. yeah and then 10 years later in my early 20s at the same Christian university I was like I think that I'm like I looked into reusable pads I'm like something is really off with the way we treat our menstruation and so I started this whole process at 22 I'm 37 now um, but the last few years have been like an exponential growth in in terms of deepening and understanding what these flows are and how to really honor the different parts of my cycle mm. yeah it doesn't actually take that long like to, to really start connecting in and I actually it's so beautiful that we're talking about this because I'm just about to launch a womb connection course mm-hmm. um, not sure on the title yet, maybe womb codes of creation, maybe you guys can help me, but basically, yeah, it's a womb connection, womb fundamentals, womb healing course that I'm launching and July 14th is the plan. So to help women return to these ancient ways and their own inner wisdom. Yeah. And, and for, for people with like, is that like anyone with a uterus or, you know, like, is that something like, what if, what if, you have a uterus, but you really, really like reject that part of yourself. Yeah. I mean, everyone is sovereign and that's okay too. If that's something you need to do in this lifetime. Um, I mean, there are women who have hysterectomies and that can still connect with these feminine flows. There are Mm -hmm. women whose wombs have shut down in all these ways or have different kinds of ailments going on and, or don't have a cycle or have a truncated cycle or, you know, women in menopause, women in menopause are in like some really deep ceremonial states um, if they tap into that, but you can start working with the phases of the moon. If you want men, like male bodied people, male identified people can even tune into the phases of the moon and start connecting with their own feminine aspects and their own feminine flows by honoring some of these energies and supporting the women or female identified people in their life to flow with these energies and honor these energies. Mm. And yeah, so like the full moon is energetically and archetypally really connected with the full flowering of the womb and the ovulation phase, you know, the time where you could get pregnant. And you can also use that energy for impregnating yourself with your, your, the energy of your manifestations and what you want to create in the world. And you can use sexual energy to really, um, to really expand that and to energize and amplify your manifestations during that time. And then the, the new moon phase, the dark moon is like the empty moon, right? So that's the menstruation, the clearing, the winter of the cycle. Whereas the full moon ovulation is the summer of your cycle. And then there's luteal, which is just before menstruation, which is the fall. And it's time for clearing. It's a time that so many of us, our hormones, they feel so out of whack. And we get these PMS symptoms. We get really grumpy. We get triggered so easily. What our body is asking us to do is to actually go into a cave for a little bit and feel, like feel everything. And there are different practices and rituals for allowing yourself to feel and to do emotional release because your being, it's all the things are coming up to the surface, all the hidden traumas, all the hidden pains and wounds are all bubbling up through the support of this phase of your, of the fall of the clearing. So that when you actually menstruate, it can be a really profound, sacred, holy time. And you become the 
clean chalice, the clear vessel for the messages from your higher selves, from the cosmos to come through you. You become the oracle of, the, of old. You become the wise woman archetype, the priestess during the menstruation if you honor these other phases. And then the follicular phase is spring, which is this beautiful balance between the masculine and feminine hormones leading towards ovulation. And uh, it's the best time for productivity and networking and project building and all that stuff. Mm. Why is that? Is it because of the balance or because of the rising? Um, yeah. Is it because of the hormone balance there it's that you're like... It's for sure. It's energetic, but the energetic gets played, played out in the hormones and the glands. The glands are connected to the chakras, like the chakras are connected to star systems and planets. And it's, it's very multidimensional. Um, yeah. And to the moon, but the, the hormones really allow for, for that shift to happen. And then ovulation is like, that's where we have the most yang outward solar masculine quote unquote energy to do stuff. Mm. And, and if your cycle doesn't match up with the moon, like if I'm not ovulating at the full moon and, and menstruating on the new moon, is there something wrong with me? Not at all. Not at all. So, um, there are times where it can switch and there are times where it can be completely off entirely. If it's completely off entirely, um, it usually means you're you're not connected. There's some blocks or, or disconnection between you and natural cycles. And so doing, doing womb connection work, womb awakening, womb healing work um, is going to start allowing you to, to connect and, um, and train yourself with these natural flows and cycles. And for three, for the last three years, I was actually bleeding with the full moon and ovulating with the new moon. Before that, it was the opposite. And I, there were reasons for that. And that came through very clearly in terms of my priestess work, in terms of my initiation work, my growth, my learning, my soul evolution. Um, there are different energetics when you're the polarity, when you're actually uh, bleeding with the, yeah, with, with the opposite. There's like this joining together of opposite energies that happens. And apparently the energetic of that too is for, it's like service to the all when you're really stepping into a broader service rather than something localized or um, something more personalized to you. The energetic of bleeding with the full moon is like, it's about the collective and you're bleeding for the collective and your ancestry and all these things. And then when it switches back, um, when you're bleeding with the new moon, it's a bit more personalized and it's about hearth and home and family and starting a family and, and these kinds of energetics and archetypes. Mm. So mine's in the last few months actually switched to bleeding with the new moon and ovulating with the full again. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah. It's wild how it changed, how, and, and the process it takes to change, you know, like yes. starting to have slightly shorter or longer cycles. It's like, you know, or it just comes all of a sudden, you know, yes. uh, you know, two weeks. Have you noticed that it, it shifts also when there's like important events in your life or like something like if you're doing therapy or inner work? I would say I've noticed when it's, uh, I would have, if I've noticed that I would attribute it to stress. It's like, mm. I can't, I can't bleed right now because I have these things to do. Mm. But also when it's funny that you said it, that, that means maybe you're <sighs> disconnected from natural cycles in your life you know, like I said, I'm 38. I've had my period since I was 12. And I, not that I fought my, my period, but when I reflect on my life and I'm like, oh, I keep having this reoccurring anxiety or this reoccurring depression. It's like, well now maybe in the next, you know, over the last couple of years, I'm starting to realize 
that that's not a problem that needs to be fixed. It's just going to keep coming around again. And when I'm really in those, like the last couple of cycles, I've been really stressed and they've lasted, you know, my cycles have been 33 days, um, which is totally still within the normal range, but a little longer than usual for me. And I've noticed that that luteal phase is a lot more difficult emotionally and, and it's much darker um, in terms of, of my mood and, and how I feel. And, you know, I, I don't think what you're saying is like, it's my fault and for delaying my period or that anyone, you know, has, has fault to, to, with, with their, their health necessarily, but there's also maybe more empowering ways of working with what's happening. Mm. Totally. I love the way you put that exactly that there's no, there's no blame there's no like oh you're doing it wrong it's just like layers of homecoming mm. layers of discovering more of yourself just like any process you know and i want to comment on something you said as well it's not just you that are that is having the experience of some more uh, or darker uh, luteal phases uh, this is happening collectively in female body people and people that are bleeding um, mm. We're going through a really, really deep detox and purge of some old, old stuff like codependency, victim consciousness, um, a lot of old ancestral pieces of the feminine and feminine oppression um, are collapsing mm. and clearing and we're like clearing it from our DNA and our, our womb spaces, whether we're aware of it or not, it's, it's happening to us all. So I'm with you. Mm. Okay. Well, that's comforting. I know you also do uh, do work with uh, men and like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in terms of like embodying um, the divine masculine. Um, is that uh, was that did you start doing that work after, um, you know, focusing work with like female clients and then and then like naturally gravitating towards doing this work with men or like where did that come into play? And and what does that work actually look like? Yeah, thank you for that question. And breathe into it for a moment. <laughs> See what wants to come through. <sighs> so when I started my healing practice or my service practice uh, just over three years ago, about three and a half years ago, I was taking men and women at first. And then I was going through a pretty deep womb awakening. And at the time my womb, I was, I was training in body talk as a modality and I had trained in Reiki. And so I was doing body talk and energy work for people and shortly into it, like a few months into it, all of a sudden my womb just was like, this is not what you're doing anymore. We're going to be doing something different. And so she started coming, coming through with this new modality that I'd never heard of before. Um, and she was showing me what to do with clients. And it was helping men as well um, and helping men clear blocks. And, um, you know, I was leading tantric breath work and some tantric exercises and stuff for people. Um, but yeah, and then I went through a phase where it's like I, I needed a break from all men. And I went really deep into women's work and started hosting women's circles and ceremonies and um, women's trainings. And I was doing training in feminine embodiment facilitation and all this stuff. And then it was like, after I, I went on a, it was about a year of break. I think I didn't have any male clients. And then after that, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm ready. And it's like, as soon as I was feeling like the calling to start working with men again, like they started showing up and the, the type of work I was doing with them had transformed and become a lot deeper. 
So for example, uh, something that kind of channeled through me or revealed itself to me was this tantric knighting and tantric kingmaking program. And at the time I received it, I was just like, I don't even know what that is. Like, I, I can't even begin to imagine what that program would be. But um, I started writing it out and just like putting down some points and put, a, um, put some information about it on my, my Instagram. And then within a week, this, this man came to me, a very influential, very influential, successful man um, in the city and in Canada. And he was like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Um, and it turns out he's part of a very ancient mystery school lineage that I've also been a part of in many lifetimes. And it's, um, it's very nuts how some of this stuff weaves together. And so the program kind of birthed itself in for him. Um, and then out of that, there's certain men that have come kind of connected to him um, that are also looking for some similar things, but it's um, the way it works is really, I get super present. <laughs> I get super present in the now with the energy of the man in front of me. And, you know, I tune into his needs. I ask him what his needs are. Why is he here? What's he looking for? And there's some really deep magic that happens when um, I get to sink really deeply into my feminine. I get to support him in anchoring his divine masculine frequencies and feeling what that feels like in his body and his form. And the more he anchors that, the more I get to be in my, my feminine essence. And we create this really profound polarity that I think a lot of men crave and long for is this divine union with their own feminine. And I get to become the sacred mirror of like, I'm, I'm just their feminine. That's, that's all it is. I'm not something mm. outside of them in the realms of higher consciousness, transpersonal consciousness. I literally am their mirror. And so for them to actually experience their feminine without so many traumas or distortions or relational, whatever, um, is really healing. And it's really like, they get to see the character of their own feminine heart. And, um, and then out of that, uh, then that's when, you know, the deeper shadow work <laughs> can start happening. Um, and, and the block, um, dissolving and things the the deep inner work that needs to happen for the men to be able to embody more of their true frequency, their true soul without distortion in form on a day-to-day -day basis. But we start by giving them a taste of their true potential and their true divine essence. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what, and like, what does that look like? Like what, you know, if, if, if I was, say I was a, a client coming to you to like mm -hmm. try to tap into this side of myself that mm -hmm. I don't feel so connected to, like what would a, what would um, a session or a number of sessions look like in terms of the actual work and like the modalities that you use to, to bring that through? Oh, thank you. So again, it really depends on the person, but some of the tools that I use are breath work. So I have different breathwork tools, uh, including some shamanic uh, breathwork that we do, trans, uh, transformational and rebirthing type of breathwork. And um, there's different tantric exercises and tantric practices, like connecting in with your root chakra and your sacral and your sexual energy and beginning to presence the shame and the guilt that sits there and beginning to bring the frequency of love and heart presence down to these places of your underworld that are unconscious and haven't been present but are actually really dense and dragging your energy down. Um, so methods of presencing that and methods of dissolving those blocks and those frequencies and traumas back into love, into their true, their true nature. And then allowing once once the 
the density has cleared to a certain measure in, in the sexual organs, then that's when we can safely um, and clearly raise that sexual energy up into the higher centers. So there's practices for um, activating that sexual energy and then instilling the mind and then drawing that sexual energy up into the higher centers to transmute it into higher frequencies and basically to offer that energy to your higher selves, to higher dimensions of your being, and then that, and then to bring those, those frequencies back down and embody those frequencies. And because you're clearing your blocks, uh, you get to implant these new frequencies, these new codes, these higher frequency aspects of yourself your body's ready to take them on and take them in mm. um, so i have a number of tantric exercises that i use for that and connection exercises intimacy building exercises um, and then there's there's movement there's embodiment practices and um, yeah and then like these, these practices also allow you to get into flow states. And so once mm. we've done a certain formula, there's a formula I use to get us into this transmutation and into the flow state. And once we're there, we get to play sovereign and free in the quantum field together. And it can be like literally playing in, in the cosmos, like birthing universes together. And there's no physical sex involved, but um, many men have told me they feel like they are deeper inside of me than they've been in any woman. And I sometimes don't even touch them. Like it's literally, we can be across the room and we're engaging in cosmic lovemaking with our energies. Mm. Um, yeah. I, 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 what I take from that is, is like a sense of, you know, you'll hear a lot of comedians, a lot of male comedians, like make jokes about how, you know, I, I can hear one comedian in my head being like, women oh, women want, to, want us to know that they like sex too. You know, like they're, they're kinky too. But what they don't know is that we can't not have these thoughts. And <laughs> so that comes through. And I'm thinking about this process that you're going through of like, when you're talking about with the, activating that sexual energy and I picture it there, you know, when it's got a bunch of shame piled up on top of it, it might, it's so chaotic, but if you allow space for it, then, then they can like, they can hold their sexuality and all of their urges and all of, you know, everything that comes with that in their full body without, without having to either shove it down or discharge it in really damaging ways. Mm. Yes. And, and to actually learn how to upcycle your sexual energy rather than to expend it out and down, which really depletes a man. Um, so these practices of semen retention and sublimation of your sacred sexual energy up through the cerebral spinal fluid, which actually is like a battery fuel for your energy and for your creativity and for turning on your own personal genius in your brain centers and releasing DMT in your pineal gland. Like there's all kinds of science behind this. Read Dr. Joe Dispenza if you want to know more about that. But yeah, these are ancient spiritual sciences that science is now, modern Western science is catching up to. Um, and then also, I guess, giving men some tools for how to treat the feminine in a divine way while also learning how that they can be what it is to be worshiped at, in their full divinity and also their primal like their their prime the pieces the things that they've shamed in themselves the animal body the animal desires the like fuck kill rape 
um, urges that are in the masculine and in that that those frequencies it's like well actually holding a space of love and acceptance for all of those and learning how to actually express those in a healthy container and when those can be expressed in a healthy container where there's boundaries or whatever and there's consent then holy shit, the power and the energy that can come from that and the pleasure and the surrender from the feminine when she feels safe in a container where the masculine can actually explore those in the context of love while those energies are running through the heart. It's uh, incredibly transformational. Mm. Would you say that um, in your work, like when you work with uh, female identifying or male identifying or couples, do you notice a difference in their ability to receive the work and to integrate it? Oh, a hundred percent. I, I've been working with a few couples lately. This is, it's so beautiful how, when you're in these types of services, it's just like the people come when you're ready, whatever mm -hmm. inner work I'm doing to get to certain places, then my frequency attracts certain people. So a lot of couples are coming lately. And, um, I have this couples, it's like a six hour tantric massage training for couples. And the couples, they, they actually look different when they, from when they enter the space to when they leave the space and the testimonials that are coming back in terms of the transformation of their relationship and of their ability to presence each other and their own pleasure and to receive pleasure from each other and to see the other clearly and to know the soul contract they have and why they're together as a couple and what their purpose is as a couple. It's insane after just one six hour session. Um, so I'm building out programs for couples to take them further along, but yeah, it's really remarkable what happens. Mm. And it's really what I tell, it's not me necessarily like, yes, I've done the inner work and I'm, I'm doing all these, I've done so many trainings, tens of thousands of dollars worth of trainings and all this stuff. Um, but how I see it is that anyone who comes to me has a soul contract with me. We've decided this somewhere out of space time. And it's like they've hidden certain keys with me to unlock their blocks. And they come to me at the right time. And I'm like, oh, hey, guess what? Remember how you hid these keys? Right. And I just give them back their keys. Huh. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you say that, you know, people find you when you're ready. Um, there was something I read, I can't remember in your literature somewhere where you're talking about what happens when um, the teacher or the guide, the facilitator has not, um, has not done their own work and they're trying to lead this work, which I, I feel like I've personally seen a lot of, not with regards to the realm that you work in, but particularly in like the wellness community. Um, there's a, it just, you know, it attracts people who want to do work and want to heal. Um, but you know, I was teaching yoga at 21 and, and for sure there were years there where I was like, this is, you know, maybe subconsciously, like this is the thing that I need to work on, but here I am like trying to preach it to a mm -hmm. room full of, you know, people who are older, more educated, you know, more experienced than me in a lot of these things. And you know, I definitely have compassionate compassion now for those younger teachers who are coming into it new and are, are saying things and you're like, okay, well, I, I also try to operate on a, on a trust that maybe that person isn't open to receiving and being a channel 
for, you know, higher wisdom, but I think there's, there's always something you can, you can, if you, if you trust that what's, what's, what's happening is, is also being channeled for you, even though they may not be conscious of it, then there's, there's really great learning opportunities in there too. But did, did you ever feel like, did you ever get into a situation where you're like, oh, I don't think I'm actually ready to guide this work. Mm -hmm. I think I need to. Um, in some way, yeah, there were moments where I've hit walls or I've hit ceilings of my capacity and it's like immediate feedback. Mm. Um, and then it's like huge learnings. And I think I've, I mean, I see that those people who chose to come to me for a certain thing that I thought I could facilitate, or I said like, yes, I can, I'm going to push my, push my central nervous system. And I'm going to do this thing. And then there was some kind of fallout. I see that was for my learning. Like they, my, my clients are also my greatest teachers, you know, um, or there's some, yeah. So absolutely. And I would even say like three, so I've been doing Tantra for 10 years now to 2012 is when I took my first Tantra class. And, um, when I first started holding space for other people and teaching other people, some of these elements of Tantra or sacred sexuality, three and a half years ago, there were certain, a lot of pieces that I hadn't embodied yet. Like on my own path, I can channel a lot. I can, I can bring through a lot for people, but, and I think a lot of, a lot of healers, when they're first starting on the path, they do that. There's a lot of channeling and that's fine. And you're still bringing codes through and, and exactly what the person needs. They've come to you for a reason, you know, but there's a different quality of the results and the transformation once the practitioner has embodied the codes for themselves. And I spent years, like 10 years, well, it was basically like seven years, basically chasing codes, like chasing this initiation, chasing this healing, this expansion. And then like not spending a lot of time letting myself integrate and actually going into these yin times to integrate. So it was three years ago that I left my other, I was a teacher before, and there was, I had to leave my job and the universe was just like, kicked me out fucking on my face. And was like, you're not doing this anymore. You're going to focus on your healing and you're going to focus on your soul service, this next stage of your soul service. And so it allowed me to create all this yin space to actually rest and feel. And, and I mean, I had one mentor tell me like in the ancient mystery schools, they, the teachers would have told me like, go and live seven years in a cave or in isolation, like you need seven years to integrate all the codes that you've taken into your field. Hmm. It's not in your body yet, you know? So that's the process that I've been in for the last three years. And I can see even the shift in the last year of what I'm facilitating for my clients and the, hmm. the levels of which, the levels they go to um, and the transformation that they, they are experiencing versus three years ago, for sure. Hmm. Where can people find you and, and where can people, uh, you know, kind of dive into some of the work that you do if they're interested in, in getting involved? Yeah, for sure. Well, they can find me on my website, amyann.art, A-M-Y-A-N-N.art. And my Instagram is currently underscore amyann, A-M-Y-A-N-N. But I was thinking this morning that I'm going to probably change it to amyann.art so that they're mm. cohesive. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Uh, Amy Ann, thank you. This is this has been a real treat to uh, get a little bit of insight into the work that you do, 
And uh, and thanks a lot. This has been really really fun. Mm-hmm. Did is is our time up? That went by so. Quickly. I I know I know yeah it's a, it's zoom by. <laughs> yeah. We also started a few minutes late too because of my technical difficulties. So yeah, I okay. really I really enjoyed that. Thank you so yeah. much for. I always we joke sometimes that like this podcast is our free therapy, but I, I you know <laughs> this podcast is what sorry I didn't our, that. our free therapy, but uh. on, but honestly it's it's a. It is like a self betterment program yeah. for for us, and um, and it's so nice to like to have a conversation with someone who works in a realm that we we barely know anything about, but mm-hmm. it still feels so uh, yeah so relatable and valuable. Thank you so much. I'm on the same tip as you. This is what is why I'm in this world because it's for my mm-hmm. own betterment and my mm-hmm. healing, and then it's out of that that hopefully I can give some other people. Pe- people some pieces for their own journeys you know mm-hmm. yeah one of our wedding vows was to uh use our like our love to to like improve the lives of others and uh and i always think about that when it comes to this podcast i'm like oh that's why we do it mm-hmm. that's really why we do it yeah totally yeah, yeah. I love that. thanks for being a part of it yeah thank you thank you for inviting me into your your love nest <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure and a joy All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that sex toy, <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 